Maybe there's some stumbling blocks that are coming up against us. Remember that you've been transformed by the power of Christ and you're still being transformed. It's time to put down those obstacles. Hi, this is Pastor Jones. Sometimes we don't think about our conversion experience and sometimes we don't realize it's a lifetime experience. It's not a momentary thing. It's not a short-term thing, but it's a lifetime experience. Today's message is dealing with a lifetime conversion. Let's go into the message. God's blessings upon you to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to God our Father, to Bishop Starnes and Mrs. Starnes, to Reverend Wanda Cutberson, to Reverend Alicia Starnes, to Reverend Taisha Cutberson, and to all of the officers and the family and friends of Wesley Amazon Church. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Our text was read earlier from Acts chapter 9, uh, beginning at verse 1. I want to lift up uh, verses 3 through 6 as our text for this morning. And they read, As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Amen. I want to share this morning from the subject of lifetime conversion. Lifetime conversion. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we come now to, first of all, thank you, to bless you, to give glory, to give honor to you, God, for your name is the only name worthy of praise, glory, and honor. We ask now, God, that you would share in this time that we have in your word and in your presence. God bless us that we might be blessed. And Father, I thank you and I bless you and I ask that you would come now in all of your glory and fill me afresh, God. Come now in all of your glory, O God, and anoint me afresh to use, be used by you for your will and your glory. And I ask now, Lord, that you would open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. Lifetime Conversion. One of the things that we can take for granted sometimes is the ability to tell folk just how good God has been in our lives. And if you think about the church and how the church has seemed to moved away from what we call testifying or testimony services, churches no longer offer the opportunity for people to declare the goodness of the Lord. The opportunity is missing now for people to share with, with other members of the body what God is doing in their life. I'm so glad that one of the things that makes our church unique is that we still have that opportunity, that we still make it available to our membership to be able to tell about the goodness of the Lord, to be able to express to others what God is doing in their lives. What happens when there's some mother who wants to tell how good God has been moving in the life of her child? What about those parents who have been given a word from the doctor who's been told, they told them that the child wouldn't live past six months, but now it's 15 years later and that child is still living. 
We should be able to give those testimonies. We should be able to share about how good God has been and how God has been moving in our lives. All the testimonies were just about how good God and his healing were. They were also about what God is doing and how God is turning lives around. Yes, the mothers that testify how God is turning their child's life around. The, the wife that is testifying to how a husband has been turned around by the power of God. The text before us today, this morning, is the testimony of Paul. Paul gives his testimony of how his life has been transformed and how his life has been turned around. As the author Luke lets us in on the experience of Paul, the apostle, and how his life was transformed that day on the road to Damascus. See, Acts chapter 9 records the conversion experience of Paul and what he went through on the road to Damascus and how God got his attention that day. But I want to submit to us that this morning that Paul's conversion went beyond just the road to Damascus. Yes, Paul's conversion went beyond just the road to Damascus on that day. Paul's conversion story starts there, but it doesn't stop there. Yet Paul's conversion story shows us how God takes all of the lifetime that we live to convert us into his disciples and believers. Yes, Paul tells us and shows us through his life example that God starts at a point in our life, but it's a lifetime conversion that we experience at the hand of God. The first thing I want us to understand and see out of our text this morning is this. God will transfer our passions. Yes, God will transfer our passions. When you look at Paul and you understand Paul's life, Paul was full of zeal and he was full of vigor and passion for the work of the church that he was engaging in at that time. But one of the things that I understand is Paul was misguided in his actions. Yes, while Paul was passionate about what he was doing, he was so serious about what he was doing that nothing could stop him. Nothing could turn him around. And the text says in the earlier verses, verse one and two, that Paul had gotten letters from the church to go out and to track down all of those who were considered to be those of the way. Yes, that's what early Christians were called, those who were of the way. Yes, those who were living the way of Christ, those who were following the way of this new faith that's by grace in Jesus Christ. Yes, Paul had gotten letters from the church to go and track down anyone who was following the way. Well, that just lets me know that Paul was misguided. While Paul was still a servant or considered himself a servant of God. Yes, he considered himself to be a, a servant of God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But he was misguided in how he was carrying out his service for God. And sometimes we can be misguided in how we're carrying out our so-called service for the Lord. Or we can be misguided in the fact that we may think that we're in the household of faith when we're not. Yes, we can be misguided just as Paul was misguided. We can have passions in our lives and be misguided just as Paul had passions and was misguided in his life. But when I look at Paul's life and I, and I look at the passion that he had for the work that he was doing, he felt like he was doing the right thing. He felt like he was going in the right direction. But God had to get Paul's attention and help him to understand you've got passion, but it needs to be transferred into a different area. 
Yes, I can take that same passion that you have for what you're doing and I can shift that passion over to using it for the kingdom's glory. Yes, Paul found out on the road to Damascus that God wanted to shift his passion. He wanted to shift his passion from persecuting the church to shifting his passion to growing the church. When you think about what Paul's life was about before he had this experience with Jesus Christ, his life was about bondage and death. Yes, Paul was going out seeking those who were following the way, putting them either in prison or jail, or he was taking their lives. Remember Stephen, when he found himself being persecuted, when he found himself being stoned to death, Paul was the one who held the coats of those who stoned Stephen to death. Yet Paul's life was about bondage and death. But God wanted to transfer that. He wanted to transfer that passion. He wanted to shift it from being about bondage and death to it being about freedom and life. Yes, Paul, God wanted Paul to transfer his passion to the point that it was about freedom and life. Yes, God also wanted to transfer Paul's zeal. Paul had a zeal for life. He had a zeal for doing the work that he was doing. But God said that zeal is good, but it needs to be shifted. The zeal that you have, the, the passion that you have is good, but it needs to be shifted into an area that will be beneficial. And Paul's zeal was about stopping the furtherance of the spread of those who were following the way. Yes, the new faith, which becomes known as Christianity. Paul is trying to stop it from spreading. He's trying to stop it from going any further, and he's doing it by any means necessary. But God says, I need to shift that. I need to change your zeal. I need to change your passion. You'll no longer be one who stops the spread of the gospel, but you're now going to be one who's responsible for the spread of the gospel. Can you imagine that your life being shifted from one who's persecuting those and stopping them from sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to being one of the greatest missionaries of all time, to being one of the greatest evangelists of all time, to being one who God used greatly to share the gospel, the good news, the one who will be responsible for furthering the church, for being responsible for furthering the faith in Jesus Christ. And yet Paul has found himself in the midst of Jesus Christ on that road to Damascus, having his life transferred, having his passions transferred to an area that will benefit the kingdom of God. But also Paul found out in his passions, God had to shift him because he was in sin. Yes, because Paul was in sin. Yes, because he was actually operating against God. He was operating outside of the will of God. And God had to shift his passion to bring him out of sin and bring him into his grace. Yes, Paul was taken from sin and put into the grace of Almighty God. That's why Paul could write the way that he read, wrote in the New Testament, because he had that experience on the road to Damascus. That's why Paul was able to share some of the doctrines that he did around grace, because he understood what God had done in his life. And Paul understood if it had not been for the grace of God, he said, I am, but I am only by the grace of God. And Paul understood that because of what happened to him on the road to Damascus. Paul understood that because God transferred the passions of his life. When Paul transferred the passions of his life, when Paul was running around no longer dogmatic and carrying out the plan that he had in his head of how he was doing God a favor by conquering this newfound faith. When Paul got himself together by finding himself in the presence of the Lord, Jesus Christ transferred 
Paul's passion. And the Bible wants us to understand today that God will do the same for us. Yes, God is no respecter of person. What he does for one, he can do for another. And God wants to transfer our passion. My question for us today is, what passions do we have? Are our passions misguided? Do we have a zeal, but it's being executed in the wrong manner and in the wrong way? Do we have sin in our life that we need to get rid of? Yes, we can have a passion for sin, and that thing can be so strong that it keeps us in bondage. It's time for us to shift the passion from sin to righteousness. It's time to shift the passion from sin to the glory of the Lord. It's time to shift our passions to that that God can be pleased with. It's time to shift our passions from the, the passions of the world to shifting our passion to those things that will promote the kingdom of God. Those things that will benefit the kingdom of God. When our passions are shifted, God can be glorified. When our passions are shifted, God can be edified. When our passions are shifted, the body of Christ can be built up. When our passions are shifted, God can get the glory out of our lives. But it only happens when our passions have been transferred to God's use in the right way. The other thing that I want us to see out of our text is this. God will meet us with transforming power. Yes, God will meet us with transforming power. When you think about what happened on the road to Damascus that day. It says a great light came down and it shone around Paul. And it says that Paul fell to the ground and he acknowledged, he said, who are you? Lord, who are you? And Jesus said, it is I, Jesus, the one you've been persecuting. God transformed Paul that day with power. And before we get caught up on the light that shone down, Yes, there was a great display of power that day because it said that the light shone up at the noonday hour when the sun was at its brightest. This light came out of heaven, a light that outshined the noonday sun. This light that came out of heaven got Paul's attention. How does God have to get our attention? Many of us don't get to have a, a Paul experience. We don't get to have a great light shining experience. But many of us have had experiences in our life that God has gotten our attention. My question is, do he, does he still have your attention? The thing we got to understand is God transformed Paul because when he got his attention on that day, when the great light shone from heaven, he kept his attention. And God wants us to understand he's not only out to get our attention, but he's out to keep our attention. But do we have our heart and our mind stayed on the Lord? Do we have our heart and our mind stayed on Jesus Christ? Is our heart and our mind fixed on the glory of God? Is our heart and mind fixed on promoting the things that God wants us to promote? Are we understanding that God wants our attention, but he doesn't want it for a moment? But he wants to keep our attention for a lifetime. God wants us to give our total attention and heart to him. God wants us to give our full mind and heart to him. God wants us to understand that, yes, he may do some things in our lives that will get our attention. But don't get stuck on those things. Keep your attention and your heart stayed on the Lord. But the power didn't stop there. Paul also had the power to get him to straight street. Yes, it was God giving Paul that power to get into straight street. What was that power, John? It was faith. Yes, Paul had to exercise faith in order to get to where God had told him to be. If Paul doesn't exercise faith, he doesn't get to straight street. If Paul doesn't exercise faith, he doesn't get what God has planned for him.
But because he's now struck blind and because he's now blind, he has to find himself trusting in others. And most of all, he has to find himself trusting in the Lord. If you notice in verse six, it told us that Paul, God had Jesus Christ had told Paul that he's going to want him to get up and go to a place that he would show him. Get up and go into the city. Get up and go. But how do you get up and go when you've been struck blind? How do you get up and go when you can't see? How do you get up and go? You get up by faith. And some of us got to understand it's faith that gets us up. It's faith that gets us up out of dead situations. It's faith that gets us up out of sin. It's faith that's going to get us up and move us on in life. It's faith that gets us up and keeps us up. It's when we exercise that faith in God, when we exercise faith in the promises of the Lord, when we exercise faith in the commands of the Lord, when we exercise faith in the word of God, it is what moves us forward. It is what empowers us to go forward in life. It is what empowers Empowers us to be the disciples of Jesus Christ. You think you just got there by accident? No, it's by faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And it's that same faith that empowers us to be his witnesses. It's that same faith that empowers us to live for his glory. It's that same faith that empowers us to overcome sin. It's that same faith that empowers us and transforms our passions to now we are servants of the most high God. It's faith that transforms us. It's that power of faith that transforms our lives. But Paul's power didn't stop there. The power that struck him blind. That same power is the power that opened his eyes. Because Jesus told him to go to the city and you'll see a man there named Ananias. And Ananias will lay hands on you and you shall receive your sight. Paul has to exercise faith in order to go to see Ananias. And Ananias has to exercise that same faith because now God has told him, one who is coming to you that's been persecuting the church. Ananias said, I know I've heard all about Paul. I've heard about his dealings. I've heard about what he's been doing to those of us who are following the way. But he has to exercise faith in what God has told him and to lay hands on Paul. And Paul has to exercise faith to go into a place where he's considered enemy territory. Yes, the same people that you've been tracking down, you got to now go to them for your healing. The same people that you've been persecuting, the same people that you've been putting to death and being put in prison. You got to go to those same people now and get your sight back. You got to go to those same people now and trust that God is going to keep you in the midst of it all. I believe all of that that happened in Paul's life and how he went through that experience and how he got to that city and he got to straight street and how he got into the presence of Ananias. And as he got there, he realized that the same Jesus Christ that he met on the road to Damascus was keeping him every step of the way. So as Paul was making his way into the city, he wasn't just going in because that's what Jesus told him to do. He was going in because his life was being transformed. He was going in because the power of Jesus Christ was transforming his life. He was going in because the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit was keeping him every step of the way. He was going in because he had to trust that Jesus Christ was going to fulfill what he told him that he was going to do. And now Paul finds himself in the midst of Ananias and Ananias lays hands on Paul and, lay, and his sight comes back to him. And when we understand that God has something for each of us, God is trying to get 
our attention as well. God is trying to shine a light in our lives to get our attention and to keep our attention. God is somewhere trying to get us to open our eyes and to see what we've not seen before. Yes, we've allowed ourselves to be blinded by some things of this world. We've allowed ourselves to be blinded by circumstances and situations, but it's time for us to take the scales off of our eyes. It's time for us to get our sight back. It's time for us to walk in the things that God has for us. It's time for us to stop walking in the passions of sin and walk in the passion for Christ. It's time for us to stop walking in our sinful ways and to start walking in a way that is righteous and holy before the Lord. It's time for us to understand that God has gotten our attention for a reason, that he saved us for a reason, that he started a transforming process in our life the day that we received Jesus Christ. But it didn't stop there. That transforming power is ongoing. That transforming process is ongoing in our life. And we're still being transformed in this very moment. I'm still being transformed. You're still being transformed. And it's all done by the power of Christ. It's all done by the power of God. We're not being transformed by our own power. We're not being transformed by our own strength. But we're being transformed by the power of God. You couldn't get off drugs by yourself. It took the power of God. You couldn't turn your marriage around. It took the power of God. You couldn't get your right mind back. It took the power of God. It takes the power of God to transform our lives. My question is, are you allowing God to continue the transformation process in your life? Or do you think it was just enough for you to be saved? It's not just enough to be saved, but we got to experience that ongoing transforming process that Jesus Christ wants to work in our life. We got to experience the ongoing transforming process that God wants to work in our lives. And the last thing I want us to see out of our text is this. God will meet us and transform and give us true purpose. Yes, God will give us true purpose. When we understand that God will give each of us true purpose and he has given each of us true purpose in life. We're not just living to be living, but we each have an assignment to carry out in the earth. We each have an assignment to carry out on behalf of the kingdom of God. The question is, are we fulfilling our assignment? Are we walking in our assignment? Paul received an assignment on that day. He received an assignment for God. He received an assignment from God to, first of all, go to where I tell you to go. And then once you get there, I will show you what I want you to do. It's when God, when Jesus got Paul to the place that he wanted him to be, and he did what he needed to do in his life, and he restored his sight, it was then that he commissioned Paul to go out and spread the gospel. He commissioned Paul to go out and win souls for the kingdom. He commissioned Paul to be an apostle to the Gentiles. It's when Paul was sent out on behalf of Jesus Christ, when he was sent out on behalf of the kingdom to carry out the assignment that God had placed upon his life. Yes, he started to be obedient to that assignment when he went. Yes, the moment that he was led to the city, he was being obedient to the assignment that God had given him. When he was led to the city that day and, and he went to where God told him to go and he allowed Ananias to lay hands on him, he was being obedient to the assignment. But Paul understood the assignment was only starting there, but the assignment has to go further. Paul understood that he had now received the assignment to no longer put in death and bondage, 
but he had received the assignment to promote life and to promote freedom. Yes, Paul was now about freeing people from the law that bound them. He was now about freeing people from the Roman persecution. He was now about freeing people from the, the, the religious ruler of that day. He was now about freeing people so that they could walk freely in Christ. But he was also about life. No longer was Paul taking life, but Paul was promoting life and life in Jesus Christ. Paul was telling people that life is in Christ. Life is only experienced when you accept the grace of God. That's what Paul is able to write. You are saved by grace alone and by faith alone. Because he understood even in his own life, it was only by the grace of God that he was where he was. And it was only by that faith that he put in Jesus Christ that he was where he was. It was all that Paul understood. And that's why Paul was able to write two thirds of the New Testament, giving us understanding of how to relate to God, giving us understanding about our salvation experience, giving us understanding of what it means to trust God in every circumstance. Yes, Paul went through all kinds of circumstances in his life. He was persecuted and hunted, hunted down himself. Yes, he was stoned and left for dead himself. He was shipwrecked on multiple occasions himself, but it was because of the transforming power and the experience that he had earlier with Jesus Christ that Paul is able to make it through every situation that he went through. Even when it comes to the point of death and Paul said, I've already poured out my life like a drink offering, but I'm ready to go because he understood that he had given his best. He said, I've given the best fight that I could give and I've done the best that I could. And it's now time for me to go on and meet my reward. He understood all of this because he realized that he had been doing what God had called him to do, that his life was transformed and that his life had been going through an ongoing transformation. Paul understood that his assignment was no longer to stop the spread of the gospel, but to spread the gospel. The purpose that God had called him to be an apostle to the Gentiles, that he might reach Gentile nations and share the gospel, the good news. And Paul went on many missions journeys that he might be able to share the gospel, the good news, to plant new churches. He went out and shared the gospel, the good news. Imagine again the man that was the responsible for stopping the furtherance of the gospel. He spread the gospel from continent to continent. He spread the gospel from place to place. He spread the gospel and won souls no matter where he went. He spread the gospel, the good news. It's all because God had a true purpose for his life. And God has a true purpose for each of our lives. Yes, God may have not have called all of us to the preaching gospel, but he's called all of us to the preaching ministry. Yes, we are all prepared and should be prepared to share the good news with somebody. We should all be prepared to share the gospel, the good news message with any lost soul that asks, but we're not all called to the pulpit, but we're all called to be preachers of the gospel. God may not have called you the way that he called somebody else, but you've been called just the same and you have a purpose in the body of Christ. Some of us have a purpose to serve in the body of Christ. We just have the gift of service. We're able to come alongside people and assist them and help them in a glorious fashion that gives God the glory. Some of us have the gift of encouragement. We've been called to come alongside people and just encourage them to lift up their spirits. They encourage them to lift up their heads that they might be encouraged and move forward in life. We all have been called to do something. God has called all of us to a true purpose 
purpose in the body of Christ. Are we living out our true purpose is the question that we must ask ourselves. Are we living out our true purpose in the church? Are we living out our true purpose in Christ? And maybe there's some things that are in our way. Maybe there's some stumbling blocks that are coming up against us. Remember that you've been transformed by the power of Christ and you're still being transformed. It's time to put down those obstacles. It's time to move those obstacles out of our way and move forward in Christ. It's time to move those obstacles out of our way and move forward with the work that God has called us to because he's called each of us to a true purpose in life. And Paul is preaching now with such a conviction and Paul is able to share his testimony. He's able to share his story, not only here in chapter nine, but in chapter 22 and in chapter 26, Paul is sharing his gospel message. He's sharing his testimony of how he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Yes, Paul is able to share his testimony with conviction because God has touched and transformed his life. Paul is able to share his testimony with power because God has empowered his life and God is still empowering him to be an overcomer. And God wants to empower all of us that we might also be overcomers in life. Are you ready to be empowered? Are you ready to be transformed? Are you ready to be a new creature in Christ Jesus? It's time for us to make sure that we understand that Paul's conversion was a conversion of his heart in the beginning. Yes, it was a conversion of Paul's heart in the beginning, just as it is for us. Our hearts have to be converted. Our souls need to be saved and our hearts must be converted into the kingdom of God. And the second stage of Paul's conversion is considered ongoing, which is called sanctification. Yes, each of us goes through a sanctifying process and that won't stop until the day that we check out of here. Every day that we live, we're being sanctified. Every day that we live, we're turning more and more like our big brother, Jesus Christ. Every day that we live, we're beginning to be transformed and shaped more and more into the image that God wants us to be. In Galatians 2 and 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. No, not I, but Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh is that I live in faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul understood it was the life that Jesus Christ sacrificed on his behalf. It was the life that Jesus Christ gave on his behalf that now allows him to live the way that he lives. And he said, I will no longer live as I am in the flesh, but I'm going to live according to Christ Jesus. And yes, he says he's the same one who was able to write that we must be crucified daily. He understood that every day we've got to die. Every day we got to die to ourselves. Every day we got to die to our own passions and pick up the passion of God. Every day we got to die to our own will and our own ways and pick up the way and the will of God. Every day is an opportunity for us to experience change. Every day is an opportunity for us to have a life-changing experience from God in our life. But we got to understand that this life-changing conversion, this lifetime conversion, it doesn't stop the day that you get saved, but it is a lifetime conversion. We will forever be converted until the day that we leave this earth. We must make sure that we understand that God has given each of us an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. That's only the beginning of your conversion, that our hearts are transformed. But the conversion is a lifetime conversion. It's ongoing. And if you think that your conversion stopped the day that you got saved, we are mistaken. Our conversion continues to this very day. I realize that I'm still being transformed. I'm still being converted. I'm still being renewed day by day. God is taking the opportunity to shift me, to shape me. 
every day of my life. And it's my job to every day surrender more and more to the will of the father. It's my job every day to surrender more and more to the way that God wants me to live. And as I do that, I'm being transformed more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to continue your journey, but realize that you are being transformed every day. That it wasn't just a one time or one moment experience, but it's an ongoing lifetime conversion. But maybe you're here today and you say that I've never experienced this conversion that you're talking about. Whether well, I got good news for you. You can do that today. You can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. All you do is pray this prayer with me. Father, I come to you now and I realize that you have been trying to get my attention. God, you have been moving in my life and I didn't recognize it, but now I see God. Now I know that you were trying to get my attention. And Father, I say you have my attention. And I ask God that you would forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, of oh God, of the wrong that I've done. Forgive me, oh God, for my misguided ways. Forgive me, Father, for the zeal and the passion I had in the wrong way. Forgive me, God, for the sin that I've committed. And then, God, I ask that you would come in. Come in and transform me with the power of Jesus Christ. Come in and transform my life, Father. Come in, God, and empower me by your Holy Spirit. That I might live a life that is pleasing unto you. That I might live a life that honors who you are. And then, God, I thank you for how you're going to keep on working in me. How you keep changing me day by day. I just pray, Father, that you would let your Holy Spirit help me to be a, a yielded vessel to that change that you're going to make day by day. And Father, we will give you the glory. I'll give you the honor and I'll give you the praise for how you transform me. And thank you, God, for sending your Holy Spirit into my life. And I receive your Holy Spirit and I ask that you would fill me afresh, oh God, that your Holy Spirit might empower me to live according to your will. And Father, again, I thank you for saving me. And I thank you for bringing me into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with us, why don't you drop us a line at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. And we want to connect with you that we might help you to grow in your faith and grow in your walk with God. Remember, salvation is just a beginning step. It's an ongoing process. We're being sanctified and changed day by day. So help us to help you. Just drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com so that we can walk with you to your salvation experience. Until next time, God bless.